Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. So 38, the, the Marvis Shorebirds versus the Fredericksburg Nationals. Now, I don't know really what the title for this one is, JJ, to be honest. Um, it's not Coffin State, because they were up in central Connecticut, so we, we couldn't see that one. So um, we found out a game that we could go see that was in the NEC on Friday, and I'd also forgot about it a little bit, but then um, Delmarva was playing in Fredericksburg Thursday night. So I was like, we don't have school on Friday, so why don't we go down there? And then on the Friday, we can go see a game as well. And um, obviously, we'll talk about the Coffin State games because we need to keep the update on that. But yeah, in terms of a review, this is a little bit different. Now, why did I want to go and see this game? Or why did I think that you should go see this game? Um, well, Jackson Holiday was going to be playing for the Shorebirds. Jackson Holiday was playing for the Shorebirds, absolutely. So he's the number one draft pick. Um, the Orioles had the number one pick. They picked Jackson Holiday. And, uh, yeah, he was going to be playing. I said I wanted to see him play while he was still in the lower levels before he makes it onto the big scene. Uh, Mason and I got to see Bryce Harper play for a couple of different teams uh, when he was on his way up. So I wanted to do the same thing. I think I got to see him for playing for Bowie. And I also got to see him... Oh, I can't remember. There was a second team. I can't remember right now off the top of my head. Um... Now, when we got there, um, I always say there was all four. It wasn't just me and you for this one. Mason was there. Uh, Mommy was there. There was no lacrosse games, thankfully. There was no Little League baseball games. And I think this was actually the third series in the game. Uh, third game in the series, sorry. Huh? And um, we got down there, and I kind of asked. I was like, so what tickets do we want to get? And nobody responded. <laughs> so I just went in. Um, if it had been just me and you, I probably would have just got standing room only. Because we would My walk around. My would hurt. We were, you walk around and you were running around and you were trying to play on the playground the whole time. So I think your legs would have been just fine. And um, anyway, so we got the, the cheapest seats and they asked like, do you want first or third base side? And I was like, I don't know, third base. And I was like, no, 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 first base. And boy, was that a good uh, change of my heart. Because as we walked down there, um, I was like, oh, we're pretty low down. We were row C. And I was like, that's pretty close. And I saw that we were at the end of the dugout as well. I know you like being near the end of the dugout because sometimes they come and dance on there. And obviously that's where the players come out. And I did not know this, that the Delmarva Shorebirds were on the first base side. So I didn't know that. And then as I got to our seats, I suddenly noticed somebody was signing. Um, somebody was passing balls under and they were getting signed. Who was signing autographs? Jackson Holiday. Jackson Holiday. And you were like, uh, can I get an autograph? Should I get him to sign my program? I was like, I don't have a pen. I was like, you could ask the people in front of you. And I said, how about we just ask if we can get a picture? So when he was finished, he was about to leave. I was like, Jackson, can we get a quick picture, please? And he, he nodded. So I introduced you. I said, Jackson, this is me, Jackson. Uh, we got a picture. And um, it worked beautifully. That was a great... We time, We couldn't have timed it any better. If we'd have been just a couple of minutes longer, uh, we would have missed it. And... Yeah, um, so we got to see them. We got to see them warming up. Um, Jackson was actually playing second base, not shortstop. And um, I think the reason behind that, JJ, because I said I'm sure he's shortstop. Um, it sounds like there's a battle for shortstop in the future at Orioles. Um, apparently, um, I think Gunner plays shortstop as well. It said so. They got like two stars who are both shortstop. So you can't play both of them at shortstop. Mm -hmm. You don't want to sit one of them on the bench for half the time and then rotate. So that might be what they're actually practicing right now. Like, uh, where do you fit 
Jackson Holiday into this uh, future once he finally moves up to the Orioles. So, I don't know. All right, tell us a little bit about Jackson Holiday then. Jackson Holiday attended Stillwater. What was that word? Attended Stillwater High School in Oklahoma. As a junior in 2021, Holiday batted 500 with six home runs and 50 RBIs. 50 RBIs is insane. Uh, yeah, uh, 500. <laughs> batting 500 is as well. That is. Wait till you see your senior year. <laughs> Keep going. That summer was named the T. USA. He... I could let you could No, that summer he was named to USA Baseball's 18U team. Under 18. Okay. Eight, well, 18 and unders, I guess, yeah. During his senior year in 2022, he finished the season. Batting 685 <laughs> with 17 home runs, 71, 79 RBIs, and 29 doubles, and 30 stolen bases over 40 games. 40 games, 79 RBIs, uh, 17 home runs, all those stolen bases, 680. You were impressed with 50 RBIs, so 79 RBIs, 685 is absolutely insane. He was a senior last year? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's why he. That, no, no, it's was high school. High school. He's only 19 years old. That's why as soon as he leaves high school, he chose to go straight into the majors, um, not to go to college. Like, he's he was that good that he didn't need to go to college. Like, he his game's already good. Like, he can still learn through these minor league levels, and then he'll be ready to play for the Orioles quicker than if he has to go through college. Because most of those college people will then go start down in single A and then work their way up. All right, a little bit more for us. Um, all right. Then he set a national record for hits for an amateur with 89, surprising the pre- surpassing. surpassing the previous record of 88 set by J.T. Realmuto. J.T. Realmuto is playing in the majors right now. In I can't remember which team, though. If you put me on the spot, I'm going to say Phillies, but I'm probably wrong. I have a feeling it's a National League East team. Uh, if you're asking me to make a choice between two, I'm going to say Phillies and Mets, and I could be totally wrong on both. He was named the Oakland... Oklahoma, Oakland. the Oklahoma Gatorade Baseball Player of the Year. He was the third in his family to win the award alongside his father and uncle. All right, time out right now. Like I knew his father was good. Matt Holiday was uh, played for the Rockies for a long time. Um, won multiple uh, multiple awards while he was playing there. Was very good. I remembered all that stuff. His uncle also won that award as well. Like, um, in Oklahoma, they must be, like, um, big stars then. Um, if the Holiday a... family must be insane. But, yeah. So, I had to look up Josh Holiday. Once I saw that there was an uncle, I was like, all right, got to find out who the uncle is. Um, the Minnesota Twins drafted Josh Holiday in the 14th round after high school in 1995, but he did not sign, and he attended Oklahoma State University. After his college career, he was drafted by the Blue Jays. He played for two seasons in minor league baseball in the Toronto organizations. He frequently played first base and catcher and also appeared at third base, right field, and left field. What a player to have on your team that can do all those different things. So if you've got an injury, it's like, hey, Holiday, go here. Yeah, no problem. Um, in 1999, with a Class A short season St. Catherine Stompers, Holiday produced a 902 OPS in 71 games. The next season with a Class A Hagerstown Suns, that's very local to us. Uh, his batting average slipped to 220 in 74 games. Uh, but he did have 52 bases on balls, and his, his on-base percentage was 381. 
Um, it didn't work out for him in the majors, but he is currently the head coach of the Oklahoma State baseball team, and I think it said he'd been there for 10 years. And I'm pretty sure we talked about Matt Holiday before, so I didn't go into too much, but here's the highlights, Jay. He won the World Series in 2011 with the Cardinals. He won a National League batting championship, the 2007 National League Championship Series MVP, uh, seven All-Star selections, four Silver Slugger awards, and in his career he had 316 home runs, uh, 2,096 hits, and batted over 308 times. So his dad's obviously really good. Uh, but yeah, so was his uncle, and um, yeah, and so was him, apparently. So the two games leading into this, um, on the Tuesday night, um, they uh, beat Delmar, uh, sorry, they beat Fredericksburg um, 11 to 6. And then on the next day, on the Wednesday, they beat they beat Fredericksburg again, uh, seven to four. Uh, the winning pitchers were Portes on Tuesday and Chase on the Wednesday. So we're in the stadium. We've seen all the warm ups. Um, anything you want to talk about? We already did a review last year from the from the national uh, from the Fredericksburg Nationals. But anything specific you want to talk about in the game? No. Um. Oh, yeah, I got a home run ball. Oh, what a surprise. No um, matter where you go, you always seem to get a home run ball. Now, it didn't actually make it to where you were stood. It um, bounced off the bar, mm -hmm. and the center fielder gave it to me. It bounced off the center fielder wall, bounced in, and then the, he called you. He kind of waved you, and he gestured to you, and then he threw it, and then you picked it up. He didn't gesture, he just threw it. So, but he knew, well, he meant to make sure you were looking. <laughs> you I was looking. Remember at practice, you don't throw a ball at something that's not looking because that can be dangerous, right? So he made sure, he kind of pointed to make sure that he knew you were, you knew that he was going to throw the ball to you. So yeah, within the first couple of innings, you've already got to picture with Jackson Holiday, you got a home run ball. Um, that's a pretty good game right there. I could have left after the first 10 minutes and I would have been perfectly happy. Um, I think the only reason we kind of sat for a little bit was I know mommy got some food as well. So, because um, they hadn't eaten. Um, I think they were late back from school. So um, they hadn't eaten. You had, but <laughs> you got extra food. Anyway, we did try and get a Jackson Holiday home run ball because he hadn't hit any home runs this season. So with him being a left-hander, there wasn't many people waiting to begin with at his first at bat. So we kind of waited, didn't get it, and that's when we walked around the outside of the stadium. We went back for his second at bat, and same thing, he didn't hit a home. I think he was walked his second at bat, to be honest. He was. And then the third at bat, um, there was a lot more people for that one, and I can't remember what happened. I think he might have struck out on that one, possibly. And then the the fourth, I think there was one more at bat. I think this is as we were eventually, as we were leaving. But this was be after. Uh, did he have five at bats? Well, I guess I can look. It's on here. Um, no, he didn't. There was one. As we were leaving the stadium at the end of the game, it was like, oh, shall we? Can we try one more time? See if we can get a home run ball from Jackson Holiday. And um, yeah, he didn't get a home run, unfortunately. Um, do you want to tell us about the game then? So did Delmarva manage to make had, it three in a row? Have they had any more games after? That? Uh, well, this was Thursday, so they played Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I think. So it was a six-game set. I didn't realize the Miners played that many games in a row. Normally it's like a three or four-game set. Um, these guys are playing six-game sets. I don't know. If I just it's... saw his OPS. Oh, <laughs> I thought you might be impressed with some of those statistics because I know I was. Um, in, in the second inning, Delmarva got one, and Frederick Spurg got two, and the third Frederick got two, and the fourth Frederick got two. Frederick, Frederick Keys. No, Frederick's Bird. Oh, okay. Just... Frederick's Maryland. I know. And we're, we're a Maryland kind of based podcast, so we better make sure we have the right There's team mention. Um, and you'll see a bunch of um, scoring. So it's 6-1 uh, already, Frederick's And there's also four. a bunch of twos. Uh-huh. Um, in, the, in the fifth, Frederick's Bird got one. 
In the sixth. This is one look like a fox. In the sixth, Fredericksburg got two. All right, so time out at this point. The game's nine to one. Um, it's obvious that Dalmarva's not going to win at this point. But it was slightly interesting in the seventh, at least. So go on, continue with the rest of it. In the seventh, Delmarva got five. They did, and they left a and few Fredericksburg on got one. Mm -hmm. And then in the eighth, Fredericksburg got two. Yeah, and I think we left probably top of the eighth, because at that point we knew that it was too far back. Um, Delmarva had three errors. I think, well, they were listed with three errors. I saw there was more than that. They that actually had six more. runs and six hits. Um, I saw one where the second, uh, sorry, the shortstop bobbled it, and then he threw the ball away. So that should have been two errors on one play. I was in the outfield when the ball was hit back, and he was the there. The most in, errors is three. He was there in plenty of time, and he dropped the ball, and they didn't give him an error for that either. So there was at least five errors in my, according to me anyway. I know I'm not the official scorer. Um, so yeah, it kind of hurt. Um, we didn't get to see um, a win. We didn't get to see a home run from Jackson Holiday. Um, but it was still cool to see him play, and I took a picture because I was like, this might be unusual. Like, in a few years on my timeline, seeing Jackson Holiday play second base, that might be something that he doesn't At do. At the Orioles. Yeah, um, he might, I say he might play shortstop. If that's his main position, it might be that Gunner has to play second base or has to play third base or who knows what's going to happen. So, um, yeah, it might be an interesting one to uh, see. Uh, the pitchers uh, for Dalmarva... It was uh, Beck who opened the pitching, and this was the problem. 3.2 innings, uh, six six runs. Only four of them earned, though, so there were the errors that were really hurting. And uh, the starting pitcher for Fredericksburg went four innings, only gave up one earned run, but the win actually went to Gomez, uh, who came in towards the end. Now, the part that you don't know, JJ, because you just asked were there any other games, I didn't write down all the scores, but on Friday, Jackson Holiday hit two home runs. Now, I knew that was what your reaction would be. They were both to left field, though. They were to the opposite field. So if you'd have been waiting for them, you would have been the furthest person away from those home run balls. Because well, we were in right field. You it's difficult, to, it's difficult to hit a home run to opposite field. It's really difficult to hit a home run to opposite field. So I wouldn't have expected that at all. Of course he hits his first home runs as soon as we're not there. <laughs> of the season. And two as well. Now... I'm glad we didn't record last night as we were going to because we had an open day. Was I'm that glad his first we... home runs in the minors? That, um, I'm not sure. I might have got some last year. I'm glad we waited until today because it was actually breaking news. It might have been last night, but I didn't see it until this morning. Um, from farm to farm, the Orioles are promoting Jackson Holiday to high A-ball Aberdeen after only 13 games. Um, Isn't was... Aberdeen close to us? Aberdeen Ibers. It's Maryland. Yep. That's, That's Cal Ripken's. Uh, where Cal Ripken was born. Um, he was slashing 392, so batting 392 average, uh, slugging 523. I thought we going to have a Cal Ripken memorial there because that's where he was born. <laughs> oh, sorry, on base was 523. Uh, he was slugging 667. So he was pl playing phenomenally well. Um, Nathan Ruiz, I saw on Twitter, mentioned the fact that Jackson Holiday was batting 450 for his last week with Delmarva. So he's obviously playing really well. You can see that he's it's kind of the same thing when we saw with Bryce Hart. It's like, this guy can't miss right now. He's going to be a huge player as you're going yes. through middle school and high school. And, well, I guess the end of your elementary school as well. he probably hit home runs. Now, uh, it did. He told you that in the in the thing. Now, at the time when... Oh, sorry, Little League, yes. At the time when it was coming to the draft, there was a lot of contention of who should go number one. And there were mm -hmm. several players. There was lots of former players who... Um, sorry, sons of former players who could have gone number one. One of the people who was talked about was Drew Jones, who's who the son of Andrew Jones, who used to play for the Atlanta Braves. Andrew Jones. 
Now, it's still early, but Drew Jones is only batting 175, so that's way below the Mendoza line. Uh, 283, um, 283 um, on base percentage. I think that's slugging at 200. Ugh. Uh, in 46 plate appearances. So it's still very early in his career as well. But right now, it certainly looks like Jackson Holiday was um, the correct pick for, uh, for this one. All right. So let's get to Friday then. So Friday, we took a trip out to uh, Mount St. Mary's because that was uh, NEC action. Uh, we saw that actually it's not NEC action, but they were playing UMass, who were part of NEC, and it was a stadium it was we hadn't been to. NAAC act. And um, we, the other reason was it's only 15 minutes from Gettysburg, and we talked about this last year, but I did want to go and see uh, Gettysburg Eddie's, uh, the pub that's based on Eddie Plank. And uh, we did. We got to do that. We got to play disc golf in the morning as well. It was a really hot day. I think it was like 80s, high 80s, might have been 90s even. I'm looking to see if it lists the temperature. Sometimes it does. Um, no, it doesn't list it for this one at all. Uh, when we got there, we actually sat away from the stadium to begin with. We actually sat on the grass because there was some shade from the trees. Um, but you couldn't see around to third base. So we kind of went, nah, look, we're going to sit closer. But unlike the Coppin State Stadium, the, um, the front bet, the... The behind home plate, it's at the same level as home plate. So you're really close to the action. Whereas on Coffin State, you're kind of looking downwards a little bit. So we were really close to the action for this one. Um, I think you asked, like, who are we rooting for in this one? I was like, I don't really care. I just want to see... Um, I, just wanna... <laughs> I just want to see a good game, to be honest. And, um, well, I don't know about a good game, but it was certainly a quick game. All right, do you want to tell us about this one? Um, it, it was UMass and Mount St. Mary's. Um, and in the fifth inning, you So that means there's nothing in the first four innings yes. then, okay? Um, you must got one. And I'm going to have to stop you right there. Going into the seventh inning, um, you must actually have a no-hitter going. So it's not just that there's no runs being scored. There's no hits going into this point. And I was kind of counting them down with you, and I know it got down to... It was less than ten. For sure. Uh, well, obviously it was if it was in the seventh inning. It's less than nine. And you said, I want Mount St. Mary's to get some hits. And I was yes. like, don't you want to, wouldn't you rather see a no-hitter than see the team that you want to win with? No. And you were like, no. I was like, really? I was like, I would love to see a no-hitter. Yes, and I'd the, also, see the speed team. of this, the first four innings, I think, was 48 minutes. Something like that. I think and the, I think um... the halfway point in the game was only about 55 minutes. I was like, this game is definitely going to be under two hours, which is really rare for baseball. Spoiler. It was. <laughs> anyway, it was one hour and 55. Attendance, 200 people. There's I can no believe way. That. No. I, know, I can believe that. There was a lot of people there. I'm there was kidding. people on the side as well. It was a nice <laughs> afternoon. Okay, it fine. Was... They might count the people on the side. It was Friday. Well, that's part of the state. That's part of the people who are watching the game. Okay, so fine. there was quite a lot of people there. There was quite a lot of people for UMass as well. I guess it's not too far away. It's, um, it is Maryland as well. So mm -hmm. people might have come up for that game as well. But yeah, it was a nice day to watch a game of baseball. All right, tell us how it finished then. I mean, the seventh Mount St. Mary's got two. Yeah, and that was it. That's what they needed. Two to one. Uh, there was nine hits for UMass and yep. four by Mount St. Mary's. Uh, one error from each of them. Um, I seem to remember. Well, actually, I have the score written down because it was so little. Fifth for UMass, uh, Cordell singled to third base, and uh, Meyer scored. And then um, it must have been a home run. Yeah, home into left center. Two RBIs. Was that the first hit? And um, that, I'm not sure that was the first hit. No, it wasn't the first hit because somebody was on base. So there was somebody already on base at that point. But they could have got blocked. They didn't. 
Oh. They got a hit. They got a single. Because I remember watching it. And, um, yeah, we recognize some of the players for this one. Particularly the, the big first baseman. I can't remember what his name is. McCoy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can... Um, every time I see UMass, I, I remember 34. Yeah. And um, I did tall. say to Mason as well. Because I was like, I was like, he's big. I was like, you don't think he's going to steal. And when he got on base, I was like, watch him. I was like, he's going to steal. And then they threw back to first base and he stepped back on. Threw back to the pitcher, threw back to first base, stepped back on, and then sure enough, on the next pitch, he saw. And it, was, it wasn't even close. Like, they just... He's really good at stealing. I did say, though, like the games that he's we saw fast. him playing, though, I was like, he'll strike out a lot, though. And he did. He kept striking out on that inside pitch, unfortunately. Like, in the game, he So, went, they should just keep throwing that pitch. They did. They kept throwing it. He was over in this game. Um, the person that played best for UMass uh, was uh, Cutler, uh, who had two hits. Oh, yeah, um... <laughs> I remember that from the last UMass game. Uh-huh, and we forgot to mention it in our review because it was on my phone, and I said, hey, we'll, we'll wait because we can talk about it on while we do this one. So what do you remember about Cutler then, or Cutler's family members, I guess? The um, parent asked, so at the UMass game last time that we did... At Coffin? Uh-huh. No, it was at UMass. Okay, but they were playing Coffin. Yes. Yes. Um, the parent asked for his home run ball, uh-huh. Um, and the duck... And the bullpen just gave her a practice ball because they didn't know where it was. All right. Now, all right. Well, I'm going to readdress the balance then. You're saying, you're telling what the mom said. What I saw was a home run ball was hit. There was two people on the outside. Uh, it looked like kids. And they got the ball. And that was all I saw. And then she, they said, they said, I think she asked the kids and they said, oh, we gave it to the bullpen. Now, the bullpen's warming up at this point. Now, you shouldn't be distracting a team if they're in a close game and they're trying to warm up. Um, they gave her a ball, but they probably didn't know which was the correct ball. And I don't know. And anyway, I heard her walking back and going, isn't it supposed to have like a logo on it or something? It's like, this one doesn't have a logo on it. This is just a practice ball. So she was upset. It is supposed to have a logo. She was upset. So clearly it wasn't the correct ball that she had. But she was blaming everybody, and she went back to the players and said, hey, where's the proper ball? Like, this isn't the proper ball. You guys are messing me around or whatever. And they were like, we don't have the ball. And even after the game, as Coach is trying to talk to his players, she came back along the side again and was talking and trying to get Coach, hey, your, your players, blah, 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 blah. They heard. It's they just not didn't their care. responsibility to get the home run ball. It's difficult. Though it wasn't hit to the bullpen. They were trying to warm up. Um, they might not have even known, and whatever. So, yes, I remember that she was very upset, but I was like, hey, bad luck. You know what? If you want to get your kid's ball and you know he hits to right field, how about you go sit in right field? And then once you once you're there, there, you can get it. Don't wait until... There was a hill in center, just sit there. So you could have waited there, and then you would have been able to get it straight away. But, hey, never mind. So we did see her there again taking photographs. Yeah, I saw that um, the players did actually see her, uh -huh. and then they just ignored her and... Well, what are they going to do? Like, they don't know what that ball is. So, hey, it wasn't like it was, I don't know. It wasn't like it was a playoff win or anything. If it was his first home run of the season or his first home run ever, then, yeah, it would be a special ball. But I think you just got to let it go at that point. But, yeah, we did, we did see her there as well. And, um, yeah, it was a quick game. Hour 55. Um, Mason did not like the stadium. And the reason he didn't like the stadium was um, he needed to go to the bathroom. And I didn't see any bathrooms. Um, I, I don't know where they were. I'm sure the players had somewhere behind the they tunnel did. or something. The so, players did. But yeah, they probably. But else for did. fans, I didn't see anything. There was no concessions or anything, and um, I'm not sure where you were supposed to go. Like if it was a three-hour game, I, I don't know where you're supposed to go. Yeah, In if fact, it goes into like if it's like a five-hour game, uh -huh. like there was one, 
Um, yeah, that's like, a problem. Where would I go? It's a problem. Now, we actually saw, um, I don't know if we should mention this or not, but they, the UMass players, though, as we were going back to the car, their bus their bus was right next to us, and it actually said Haymarket, Virginia, which is in our county, actually. Um, so I'm not sure why they would use that bus particularly, but hey, never mind. There was a couple of players who went in the bush <laughs> before they got onto the coach. But I'm like, I don't know where else you can go. So, yeah, that stadium was, it was fine to watch a two-hour game, but if you went to go every day, or not every day, but if you went there regularly, it did seem like it was missing some uh, facilities. Um, home room, how easy was it to get your foul balls on this one, JJ? Not as easy. Why not? Because um, if it went too far behind, mm -hmm. it went into the, to the, um, to the, like, swamp kind of thing. Yeah, there was like a little marsh or something, so once yeah. they were in there, they, they were done. Um. There was a ton of solar panels. And you couldn't get into that field either. Yeah, you so that could was pretty much only... Um, and there was somebody patrolling the left side, so you couldn't get those foul balls. They'd actually... The Mount St. Mary's, we should say, was on the first base side, and UMass was on the third base side. But yeah, one of the Mount St. Mary's players who wasn't playing was actually on the third base side. So as soon as the ball got over there, that's kind of sensible. So Yeah, so, and then... Did Mason give him the home run ball? Yeah. Yeah. In the parking, in, in pretty much the only spot is the parking lot. If it just goes over the fence, um, be, um, in like left center. Uh-huh. Um, I found a few balls because I came out a couple of times because I kept go it was hot. I kept going back and getting drinks, and I was like, "Did you find it?" And you go, "No." And the player would say, "No." And I go, "Oh, look, there's one here." And I was like, "Ah, that's just a practice ball." But we gave back a few practice balls, and um, I think at the end of the game, a player actually it's gave you a ball. Um, yeah, it it was um like a. I get an official ball. Can you remember what player number it was? Uh, no. I think. Okay. I don't know. I thought I remembered, I but I wasn't I think sure. It was seven. Uh, I think it was 17. Okay. All right. Never mind. Now, actually, as we sat on the front seats, if you remember, we sat front row and it was like, you said this seat's hot. So we it moved is. back, and we did. We moved to the third row where it wasn't so hot. And then there was like five of the Mount St. Mary's players who did sit on the front row because they were like the official scorers. So you could hear them talking. I'm not sure, but it sounded like they were mocking the pitch at the begin with. It was like 74 miles an hour, heater. <laughs> That's not a fastball. Um, but the the pitcher was more of a control pitcher. He wasn't somebody who had uh, super fast speed. But it was kind of interesting listening to them talking to each other and describing what was happening um, as they were filling in. But then one of the guys who joined them later, he sat down. He's like, oh my gosh, this seat's hot. And he had to go and get something to sit on. So yeah, it wasn't just you, JJ. It was, it was a very hot seat. So it was interesting listening to them as well. Um, I'm not sure if they were just pl people, players who weren't playing that day. Could have been players who were injured. Um, the one thing I did notice was with the sun, it was really difficult to see the screen. I was only, I was right behind that person. I couldn't see his screen at all. Yeah. And it looked like he had to kind of press it right up to his face just so he could fill it in. He but, had to shade it. But yeah, it was it was definitely interesting to listen to them as they were having to do that. And on a game that was going as quick as this, they had a lot to do. They had to keep recording like uh, out, out, out. So it was some of the outs were quick. Like they swing on the first pitch and it'll be a yeah. ground ball and then the you're first out. Six, the first six innings were probably easy. No, are you saying that? But it was quick. You didn't really have time to to think or anything. And I know the other thing that you definitely didn't have time to do was get a quick break in between, like go and grab a drink or anything. Because I walked back to the car, which was close, and I missed one whole half inning at one point. I said to Mason, I was like, what happened? He's like, oh, they went one, two, three. I was like, I missed that? Like, normally there's a, like a two, two and a half minute break between half innings. Nope. I think at most it was about one minute. 
And then, yeah, there was just some quick outs. But I, I, I like the stadium in terms of you could get super close. There wasn't much shade. I thought there was plenty of people there who were passionate. Uh, there was a lot of good reactions to it. I, I thoroughly enjoyed the game, but... Um, one last thing I forgot to mention from the uh, UMass game, JJ, uh, was the starting pitcher, Cooper Adams. So he took the win in this game, and it was, I think he said it was, he, his record is 9-1 and one on the season. So you'd think that, he was a good pitcher. We saw he didn't give up many hits, and he only gave up one run in this game. Um, wins and losses is a really bad re um, way to judge pitchers, though. Um, and the reason I'm t saying that is, let's have a look on this one. Where was some of the game? The one game that he lost, he pitched six innings and he only gave up uh, one earned run. That's kind of tough to, <laughs> to lose that game. And there was another game where he pitched six innings, gave up eight earned runs, and he took the win. So can you see why ERA is a better judge of how well a pitcher's doing yeah. uh, than wins and losses? Sometimes that happens. Roger Clemens is one of his last seasons in Houston. He had a similar record. His record was like 10 and 10. And you'd be like, oh, he's not doing very well. But his ERA was like 1.7 that season. It was just like Houston couldn't get any runs. So um, that's pretty impressive in college ball to get nine wins. Because you don't play anywhere near as many games as you do in the uh, in the major leagues. Like if a pitcher in the major leagues gets to 20 wins, that's phenomenal. This guy's already at 9, and I don't know how many games they've played total, but they've been playing for just over 2 months. So uh, yeah, pretty impressive stuff from Cooper Adams. Alright, so while this game was going on though, we were checking the Coppin State game, seeing as it was in Central Connecticut. So, you want to give us the, uh, the summary of this one? This is the league-leading NES... Um, supposed champions, I'm guessing, from the way it's looking. Um, Central Connecticut State. Yeah, they were leading last time we checked. Yeah, they were 16-3 and in the NEC. That's pretty dominant. That is very good. Mm-hmm. All right, in the first, they both got one. In the third, Coppin got one. And in the eighth, Coppin got two, and Coppin got one. They won five to one. They did. They had 11 hits. Uh, Central Connecticut State had nine, but they were distributed over a large different number of innings, so they only got one run. Uh, no errors in the game at all. Attendance, 203. That's very specific. That's that a lot. Two hours and 28 minutes, and... Um... Alright, recording didn't go quite as planned this week. Um, I'm not sure what happened. Jackson was not as focused as he normally is. Uh, we tried to do this on Tuesday. We stopped. Uh, tried again on Wednesday. It didn't quite work. Um, rather than not put this out at all, it's Thursday. I want to get this out. So just very quickly, um, the games on Saturday for Coppin State versus Central Connecticut State, uh, it was 8-1 to one, uh, Central Connecticut State, um, 11 hits and uh, 5 hits for Coppin State. Um, there was inclement weather announced, so they applied a double header. So the second game was 6-5, uh, to five, and uh, Coppin State actually tied it up 5-5 five, five in the ninth, and then uh, Central Connecticut State uh, got a run in the 10th to take the win. Uh, three errors for Coppin State and two for Central Connecticut State. Um, Jackson and I were watching that on the uh, on the scores, trying to track that game, so we were, it, was, it was an exciting one to watch right near the end. Um, I did see on Twitter, um, hashtag NEC Baseball, co-pitcher of the week, Marcus Herond. Um, Herond got the nod in the series opener versus first place CCSU and the sophomore righty won his oh I can't see what it says here I missed a bit out uh, he threw eight innings and allowed just one run and found a career high as well in a 5-1 victory so congratulations to Marcos on that 
Uh, we were going to play a game, but I'm going to skip that out because we don't have it as well. And with a delay in games, um, I do have an ups update on the Jackson Holiday debut for Aberdeen. Uh, he went 0 for 3 with two walks, and the Ironbirds lost 7 to 3. And his first home game for the Ironbirds is going to be May 9th because they're currently on the road. And um, one other game now since as well on Wednesday. Uh, Coppin State played UMBC. We were hoping we could get to that game, but Jackson doesn't leave school until 3.45 at the earliest. The earliest I can get him probably into the car uh, is probably going to be 4 o'clock, and it was nearly a two-hour drive, and it started at 6. And we saw there was possible bad weather, so we didn't make it to that one. Uh, Clay Thompson started. It was kind of close. In the eighth inning, they were hopping with just one run down. A uh, bit of a rally going on. Uh, we saw that Liam McCallum took his fourth walk. Uh, Corin Miley walked as well. Um, Two-out rally, but unfortunately there was no run from that. And uh, yeah, Coppin State took the loss for that one. And the main update is going to be, and I don't know what this affects for next week at all, is the Sacred Heart series was supposed to be Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And Jackson doesn't have a game this weekend either, so we were hoping to go up for Saturday and Sunday. And because of weather, it got moved up to Friday and then Saturday. And uh, sorry, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So we were going to go just see the game on Saturday, and then it got moved up again because of weather. So double header on Thursday, and uh, a game on Friday. And unfortunately, we can't make either of those. Jackson has a game tonight on the Thursday, and my other son Mason has a lacrosse game on the Friday. So we won't be able to see that. And then Coppin State hit the road, and there's just one more. Uh, home series after the uh, Sacred Heart game. So not quite sure what we're going to be reviewing for the next couple of weeks, but that should just finish off this episode for us.